Vegas Nation podcast are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Takeaways podcast by Vegas Nation. We are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today. We're also presented to you on the Blue Wire podcast network and by Liquid Death. Get yourself a refreshing mountain fresh spring water can today. All right. So we're going to get into it here with Logan Reaver, who I recorded with on Tuesday early afternoon. And just as I was editing that, guess what? News came down that Derek Carr was going to have permission from the Raiders to speak with the Saints, where his former coach, Dennis Allen, is still presiding over things there. We'll see if Derek Carr and the Saints get a deal done, but the permission is there to speak to each other. Regardless what happens there in about eight days, we will know the fate of what happens with Derek Carr. That will be the date and deadline as to when the Raiders are going to be able to release Derek Carr or perhaps at that point have a deal in place for Derek Carr. We'll find out and keep you up to date with all of that on VegasNation.com. But now I want to introduce my guest for today, Logan Reaver. He's here with us from Las Vegas' CBS affiliate, Channel 8. He's on top of all things sports over at CBS. So let's get into that conversation now. Happy to have you on today um, to talk about the Raiders. Like I said, lots going on, even though we thought it'd be maybe vacation time for a lot of us, right? But not so much because the ongoing quarterback saga, it continues to brew with the Raiders, starting off with Derek Carr being benched the last couple of games, Stidham comes in, then you hear the talk, Brady, Brady, Brady's coming, Brady retires. Now we're hearing maybe Garoppolo, maybe Aaron Rodgers. I wanted to get your take on what you think could be happening at quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, no, I mean, and and you know, we've been talking about this for a little while, you and I, and just kind of the whole community. And I, I'm sticking by my guns at this exact moment. And that would be Jimmy G is my leader in the clubhouse for what they do going forward. And it's actually funny because the more weeks go by, I mean, obviously the Rogers stuff has picked up more traction because you see kind of the, the bromance between, you know, him and Devonte on Twitter. And then obviously, you know, the stuff at the over at Pebble beach this weekend, um, so they play into it a little bit. It has obviously some of those similar vibes to, uh, you know, maybe not as outward as what Brett Favre did towards the end of his time with the Packers, but that level of drama, I think, uh, you know, I think Aaron doesn't mind it sometimes. I think that he likes to be part of the the conversation and kind of the will he, won't he sort of, you know, mindset behind it, which is interesting and it's great for us. So I'm not mad at it by any means. Um, the thing that I go back to with, in regards to Aaron is that even though it would be a fit, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to not be a fit if you're one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. But in terms of being a fit roster-wise for what this team needs so desperately, and that is beyond just a quarterback. They have so many needs on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, you know, there's other parts that would probably have to go out with a trade if you were to bring him in on top of the money that is, you know, just it is the biggest part of this conversation. But that alone, that move would dictate so much of what your offseason would be, and it would hamper you in terms of trying to build a full-on roster and squad to go along with that. And so you look at a lot of those teams um, that have sort of brought older quarterbacks in for those one or two seasons, uh, and you see a lot of teams that are well-rounded throughout the roster. And whether that be Tom Brady and the Bucks, who had a good defense the year that they won it all, or Matt Stafford heading to L.A. and then them, them winning it all, that is a 
full-on loaded roster. And I think if you bring in Aaron Rodgers, there's still a bunch of needs that would still prevent you from being a Super Bowl-winning team. So uh, I think Jimmy G allows you to sort of uh, fix some of those spots more and more. Uh, but the more we go on, the more I think the familiarity is a huge key with Jimmy G, um, and especially if he were to come here. And of course, you take the risk, though, Jimmy G, of the injury concerns. But then I always think about with Rogers, is it a concern with his age? Plus, he's going on one of his, um, you know, what did the crocodile Dundee call it? A walkabout. <laughs> he's going on a walkabout. Yeah. And so he's, <laughs> he's taking some time, a few four days, he said, after the pro-am <laughs> to kind of clear his mind and let the... Very sad. Yeah. That alpaca stuff he was that's like that's a llama. But there's yes. something else that he does. It starts with the A that I can't quite say. Ashwanda? I'm no I don't know. Yeah. But- <laughs> Light some incense, like all of the stuff. He's he's very much gone the long hair now. Uh it's it's all about the positive vibe. So he won't stand for anything else. So he'll be yeah. probably somewhere in like a cabin in a forest trying to figure out his his next couple of days and moves. Exactly how I picture him, letting the beer grow out, sans oil to uh, have it perfectly quaffed, but that's okay. We're going to think about what could happen there. But when, when you do, you know, would you go injury? You're going injury over age, basically, because you're saying that with Jimmy G, you think he gives him the best chance. So not too concerned about the injuries there, Logan? Yeah, no, I think that, of course, the injury should be a concern. I think that's at the forefront of anything. I also, I mean, look at what San Francisco was this year. I mean, they almost went through four or five quarterbacks. So part of you can literally say at a certain degree, yeah, it's bad luck. These guys are getting hurt. But at what point do we go, hey, maybe the system is kind of leaving, leaving these guys out to dry, whether that be, you know, longer run plays or longer action or the way that the schemes are actually called in this West Coast offense. I mean, that's uncanny to have that amount of injuries. I know Jimmy G had had an injury history before that point. uh, But what I go back to more than anything else is the familiarity. And sure, Aaron Rodgers is a guy that can probably get any system and he'll be fine in it and go along with it. I think that more and more and something I was even thinking about last night was going back to Jimmy G in last season why did he sort of restructure his deal to stay with the 49ers in a spot where you knew they were going to go with Trey Lance mm-hmm. and a guy that was in the NFC championship game. And you go back to, well, Kyle Shanahan wasn't exactly treating him right. Wasn't exactly very glowing about him the entire season before and basically stayed away from the team for some of training camp and everything was pointing towards Jimmy G not being on that roster. So why did he resign or stay in that situation? And the only answer you can come to is familiarity. That means a lot to him. Even in a spot where he knew he wasn't going to be the starter going into the year, he still stayed along as opposed to trying to stick it to them and go somewhere else. And so it really makes you realize that that alone, that value is so huge with him. And I think it's very huge with Josh McDaniels because I think that you not just knowing his, his system, but having a guy in it for a certain amount of time does wonders. You saw what Jared Stidham did at the end of the year. I know it's very limited action, but... I can guarantee you do not get that type of outing if Jared Stidham is in that system for year one. And so it makes you wonder with Jimmy G, with a guy who's had a win percentage over 70% in his career, you know, those things translate. I understand that he's not the the gunslinger of an Aaron Rodgers, and maybe it's not as sexy to watch in terms of just the actual product on the field. But if you're winning the games, that's all that matters. And Josh McDaniels at this point, with between going to Denver and not exactly having the ideal season that he wanted to have in year one with the Raiders, at the end of the day, you just want to win games. And wouldn't you want to bring in the guy that can win the games and is also younger to the point where maybe you can keep him for beyond 
two or three years and you draft a guy in this year's draft that can actually develop in a way where you have maybe a Patrick Mahomes where he's sitting for a year um, or just kind of fine tune him enough where there's not that much pressure on these guys. So I think it makes sense from a lot of standpoints and it's not anything close to a rebuilding stage, which I don't really know why fans keep using that term with this team. There's way too much talent and they're way too loaded to get to that point. So it's a nice stopgap, and I think it fills all of the needs uh, of what you would look at this season. I agree. I think that it is a good choice um, in terms of money as well, because he's not going to command, I think, what Aaron Rodgers obviously has on paper that they would have to inherit. But when you think about Josh Jacobs needing to be re-signed, I think it's essential to think about that contract as well, though I imagine they might franchise tag him. There's still the possibility that maybe they are able to go beyond that and try to, uh, you know, pay him a little bit bigger of a contract. I think that's what Josh wants. I think that they find some kind of happy medium there that they could work that out and much yeah. more room to do that with Jimmy G. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, no. And I think that so much of it too is part of it is the Josh Jacobs element, which is huge. And you have to consider within itself and obviously what running backs go for. And we've seen around the NFL, I think teams are a little bit more and more hesitant to give a running back that second contract mm-hmm. because if you look at the, you know, just the tenure or the, you know, the ways that it's gone for guys like Todd Gurley or Zeke Elliott. I'm not saying Josh Jacobs will be in that case, but I think teams are a little bit more fearful of giving that second contract to a running back. I honestly look more so towards the defensive side of the ball because one, this all starts with needing a good draft. That's why I don't want them to give away necessarily any picks because you don't necessarily need stars on the defensive side of the ball. You just need solidified starters. And to see this team and all of the first-round draft picks that they have just gone to waste and are just not on this roster in recent years, like, people don't realize that sets your franchise back in a lot of ways each time you do that by two or three years. And if you're doing that at every single position, you're almost setting yourself back by a decade. So in a lot of ways, defensively, I truly do believe this, that they are set back a decade's worth of time in terms of just having guys on this team who don't just know their role, but are just solidified NFL starters. And that doesn't necessarily mean hitting on superstars in the draft, but just draft solid players to fit your needs to go along with that. Um, And when you do that, it allows for you to have the room to be like, hey, Jimmy, we can give you 15 million a year or 20 million a year because you have so many of these guys on these rookie deals. Um, And that's why you looked at three of the final four teams had quarterbacks on contracts that were rookie contracts because they could afford to beef up all of the pieces around them. Would Jimmy G's contract be exactly that? Of course not, but it allows that more so flexibility to say we can bring in a defensive veteran or a guy that would maybe command top tier money or would go somewhere else and take more of a team friendly deal in this situation. So it opens more doors roster wise, whether that be Josh Jacobs or the defensive side of the ball. Um, And I think that in this division with the offenses not getting easier, uh, you need to more so focus on defense than anything else. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. There's a new brand of water out there that looks just like tall boys of beer. On the latest Vegas Nation podcast, my guests thought it was malt liquor, but it's really a 22-ounce can of pure liquid refreshment. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three flavors. And it's called Liquid Death. 
Liquid Death's Tall Boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Did you know plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore and more plastic than not goes just to the landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities. My favorite is the Liquid Death Severed line because it gives me that pick-me-up I need in the middle of the day when you feel like you're dragging and you won't make it to the final bell. But this is crisp and refreshing and the taste perks me right up and gets me through my day. So go get Liquid Death at your local Smiths, Walmart, Sprouts, and Terrible stores or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. As we start to think about also just Derek Carr's future, He was in town for the Pro Bowl, and I wanted to get your take on like what you thought about his skills competition, what you thought about just his presence, his candor during the event. Uh, Yeah, I think it was you could tell it meant something to him um, from that alone. I think that there was a little bit of an emotional element that we thought would be there a little bit more in terms of like. We thought there would be this big hurrah of, of you know, waving off to the fans and Raiders. And I understand it's the Pro Bowl. It's not the same as your final home game in front of the Raiders. Uh, but he, it didn't really seem like he seeked that. So I, I think going back to it, I thought that was the original inspiration behind accepting the invite was so he could have that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but him sort of deflecting away from that from an emotional standpoint uh, it makes you wonder if he was kind of over it the second that they, you know, he wasn't back in the facility for the final two weeks of the season. Um, I think that the, the the passing competition was something within itself. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody get that passionate or competitive He's about very, something very where <laughs> it, it was. It was it was quite fiery. And and I, I feel like in a lot of ways, it's going to sound weird, that might have been his Super Bowl in terms of this season is that passing competition uh, and nothing against it. Hey, I mean, if we learned anything over the co- uh, course of these Pro Bowl games, it's that these guys are ultra competitive no matter what they do. And you even saw it in Peyton Manning coaching the AFC side and getting upset that the NFC side was taking a knee in the final couple yeah. seconds of the game. It, it really goes to show no matter how far removed these guys are from the game, that competitive spirit and fire will always be there. And I think that that's, you know, obvious in a case like Derek Carr. And I think that this last couple of months here was was obviously very trying on him. Uh, but we didn't get kind of get that like full on snapshot photo of the, you know, teary eyed sort of car, like, you know, waving goodbye by by any means. So uh, maybe he's detached himself a little bit more emotionally than we realize. And he's ready for that next chapter in his career more than we thought. Uh, but whenever you spend nearly a decade of time somewhere. Uh, it's going to take a toll on you. But it it definitely left something to be desired uh, this whole Pro Bowl weekend. All right, a few more things for you here, Logan. First of all, the Super Bowl coming up. Obviously, they had a guy that they drafted in Jalen Hurts that has yeah. come up to be able to get a team and lead it to the Super Bowl, though he missed a few games there. But uh, just what has been your thought when you look at a quarterback like him who really wasn't highly rated as a passer coming out of college that was benched back for Tua, you know, when you think about the uh, championship game back when? Yeah. Um, 
it, how his journey has gone and is this kind of a story that could happen for the Raiders if they should try to find a quarterback out of the draft. Although I know and I understand every situation is unique, but I'm wondering if it's something that Raider fans can look to like, hey, look, Jalen Hurts did it with the Eagles. Maybe the Raiders have a goal too to find that same guy that can help build with the team as opposed to jumping for an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or a Garoppolo where you still have to go back to the, you know, either free agent market in a few years or what have you. Yeah, no, I think patience is is reign supreme, uh, and I think that's something we get caught up in less and less in in any facet, whether that's college, pro, and really any sport. We've become much more impatient than ever. Um, I think half of it boils down to not just coaching, but I think drafting. Because if you look at when Philly took him in the second round of that draft, they were coming off. Carson Wentz getting this massive contract. People didn't understand why they weren't using that pick on surrounding Carson Wentz with more weapons or, you know, things to make him better or prop him up. And the lesson in that all should be, even if you think you have it figured out at the quarterback spot, you should always then take a quarterback. Because even if you don't, he doesn't end up being the guy in a sense, you can either move him for draft capital or you can have a similar situation with what the Packers did with Jordan Love, where you have to keep taking guys, not necessarily because they have to be the pillar of your franchise, but it's useful to have them. And then every once in a while, if you have good enough coaching, which we've seen with Nick Sirianni, and then good enough pieces around with adding A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, all of these guys, you can truly prop somebody up to to grow into that role. So I think we put so much pressure on uh, almost that like Andrew Luck syndrome where the team around him was so terrible in Indianapolis when they drafted him, but yet he made the playoffs because he was just that good within his first year. And we expect these quarterbacks to overcome any obstacle that comes in their way and then lead the team to the promised land. Jalen Hurts is really evidence that it does take a minute and you can make these guys better based on the pieces around them. So I think that the Eagles, in terms of relating it back to the Raiders, they're more so a model because, one, you have to be patient. And then, two, you have to kind of use your draft capital and all of your picks and swapping them around. You know, in a smarter way, because in a lot of ways, what Philly has done and Howie Roseman is you bring in a guy like Darius Slay and CJ, you know, Gardner and all of these guys and Hassan Riddick. These are all guys that you're swapping basically for picks. And Mm -hmm. I want to say that there was a stat between, you know, the teams in the Super Bowl where out of the 44 main starters on the field, 26 of them, I believe it's 26, are homegrown for each side. And that's that's a huge deal. And for Philly, I think it's the only one that's not homegrown on their offensive side of the ball would be A.J. Brown, who they just traded for. Everybody else on that team is homegrown, which goes to show we live in this time, especially the Raiders, where they're bringing in all these free agents and what is the the quick fix. At the end of the day, you just have to draft better sometimes. And when you don't draft, you have to use those picks in a much more efficient way and just smarter. Um, So Philly is definitely the model from that standpoint. But uh, if you're looking necessarily for your Jalen Hurts, He's always had, I like his mindset more than anything else, um, especially you're referencing, you know, what he was in college and, and, and Tua and that benching. I think in a lot of guys, their confidence would have been shot and they never would have gone back to the same person whatsoever. I think Jalen Hurts from all of his comments and just the way that he conducts himself um, is the kind of guy you want on your team from that standpoint, because he has a never ending belief in himself, but he doesn't do it so outwardly. It's very much within himself and just himself alone. And that's truly all you need in this. So it doesn't have to be a Jalen Hurts carbon copy. That would be great. Uh, but truly giving somebody more than a year or two, because even last year in Philly, a lot of that fan base didn't think he was the guy. 
And really, the course of the whole year, and they lost in that playoff game to Tampa Bay. And in a lot of ways, that was closure for some of their fans being like, this guy is not enough. One year later, he's more than enough, and he's the dream. So it goes to show one year can truly change anything in the NFL. Um, but have a little bit more patience past one or two seasons with some of these guys, especially when they show promise. Uh, and I think that there's guys on this Raiders roster who have showed promise and you should stick with, um, even at that spot. Are there guys that you think that had glimpses? Maybe let's just take this for example, Clee Farrell, right? He hasn't panned out as a number four overall pick, but would you continue to invest in a player like him or move on? Um, I very much going to kind of what I was saying of you have so many different needs that you have to swap out on that defensive side of the ball. I would personally move on um, just because I think that there's so many other things that you need to fill in that position. Um, And I think that he's more had more than enough opportunities to sort of prove it. Um, And I think that's really what you can boil down to. And on the other side of the ball, it's, you know, Jared Stidham had not had a lot of opportunities and kind of seized it within that few moments to sort of take advantage. Uh, I see it through the opposite end where it's somebody like Klee. Um, and I think that there's so many spots that this Raiders team needs to fill on the defensive side of the ball. So I would say moving on from that. And then so much of it is going to be dictated by Derek Carr's move and that money and, and what it goes down. Do they trade him? Do they end up cutting him? What are they on the hook for uh, when it comes to that? So it's going to affect the entire roster and it's going to affect every other NFL team's decisions as well. That is going to be the first quarterback domino to sort of move, and every team will move from that point on. Uh, But in terms of Klee and just that defensive side of the ball, they can do better, Uh, and that's just putting it frankly. So I I think you very much move on. Okay, last two. What would you do to change the Pro Bowl? Oh, gosh. Uh, (laughs) Not play it? I don't know. That's probably probably what I would – no, there's there's no way that they don't play it because of the money that they that they bring in. I don't know if there's any fixing the Pro Bowl because these at a certain point I was even thinking about it the other why don't we just have them play different sports besides football? Why don't we just have them go to that point? Something where you're not even playing the sport that you're necessarily I found myself the only one that I was really interested in event-wise was the golf. And that was because you kind of just wanted to see everyone's so obsessed with everybody else's golf game. So they wanted to see if they, you know, were decent at a sort of a long drive. And that was really the only one I found myself sitting down to be interested in because these guys are such natural athletes that you wonder if it translates to other sports. So my fix for the Pro Bowl, I guess, is not play football, play a completely different other sport. Uh, but I've been pretty checked out on the Pro Bowl emotionally for a couple of years now. And I, I mean, Josh Jacobs said it pretty well. I won't repeat what he said, no, uh, but I think that. <laughs> I, I think I think a lot of guys feel the same way. So, uh, but it's not going anywhere because the league makes money from it, and you know that. Yeah, for sure. And lastly, who is your pick in the Super Bowl? Oh man, it's really tough because I I don't know if I can watch another second of those reaction videos uh, from Brittany Mahomes or Jackson Jackson Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Just. I think that it's it's truly led me to such a dark place when I watch some of those high pitched screams. So I think I I think I have to cheer against it at this point. But then I have so many friends who are from Philly and just will be texting me immediately to rub it in my face. So either way, I don't win. Either way, I have to hear somebody screaming and it's going to probably make me nauseous. But <laughs> if I had to pick from a football standpoint, um, I would say pulling for the Eagles in this game, but I, I see Kansas City winning this game. I do. I think Mahomes gets enough time with that ankle to get it right. Um, and I think Philly's had a relatively easy road to get to the Super Bowl and hasn't really been tested 
over the course of the year. I think they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but whenever you have Daniel Jones at home and then you're going up against what Josh Johnson yeah. and like a team that basically didn't have a quarterback at the end in the NFC championship game, Kansas city is a whole different monster. Um, and I also think that the AFC was so loaded this year that our perspective of winning the games, I think Kansas city super bowl was the week before with Cincinnati. I think that that was sort of the Super Bowl in a sense. Um, so I can see Kansas City winning this game, uh, honestly, by double digits. Okay. There you have it from Logan Reaver with CBS here in Las Vegas. Thank you so much for coming on. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media. I try to just keep it to my name. I don't have a cool catchphrase or slogan or anything like that. It is just at Logan Reaver. Uh, no, R- Logan. <laughs> no, it's not. I had some weird ones before that point, uh, but uh, those will not be those will not be shared because my high school friends will roast me for them. But Fair just enough. Logan Reaver is, is is all we got for now until I find a cool bone in my body. Awesome! <laughs> I think this was a very cool interview. Thank you, and also the scenery <laughs> going on in the background with people coming up, looking in, going, "Is he got Chipotle with us?" Um, amazing! So thank you so much for the time, Logan. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Appreciate it. And for everybody else out there, make sure to check out VegasNation.com for all of your up-to-date Raiders news. Thank you, everyone else, so much for tuning in. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SCN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports.